The Guardian. Welcome back to Science Weekly, where we're following the coronavirus outbreak and answering your questions. You've sent in loads, so many in fact, that we're bringing you three episodes this week. And we want to keep hearing from you. So head over to the form we've set up at theguardian.com forward slash COVID-19 questions. That's all one word. In today's episode, we'll be looking at the difference between soap and hand sanitizer and exploring why they're so effective at stopping transmission with some important caveats. If you miss a spot, it does not matter how good your soap is, whatever good means, or how hot your water is, you miss the spot and the virus might still hide away there. That's the key. Don't worry about the type of soap. Don't worry about the temperature and spend the time washing your hands. That's what you should be focusing on. I'm Nicola Davis, science and health reporter for The Guardian. Welcome to Science Weekly. Um, Okay, so um, just to start with, can you introduce yourself with your name, your title and your affiliation so that we have that correct? Yes, uh, I'm... uh... Professor Paul Thorason, better known though as Palli by everyone. I'm a professor of chemistry at the School of Chemistry uh, at the University of New South Wales in Sydney, Australia. So Palli, you started tweeting about why soap and water is so important in tackling the coronavirus. Why do you think it's important that we understand how that works? I think it's important because uh, people like to know why they're told to do certain things. And in this particular case, it may not seem very obvious to people why you can use something as simple as soap to kill a virus. Whereas we're also told at the same time, there's no drug, even if you had a million dollars, there's no drug that can save you from the virus once you have it. It's only your own body that can fight it off. And when we talk about soap killing a virus, let's talk about what we actually mean there. So what's happening when we're using soap and water? But before I answer the question, we need to go back and clarify that our viruses are not alive. So we're not actually killing viruses, we're just making them inactive. Viruses are essentially uh, nano-assemblies of proteins, RNA and lipids. So these three types of chemicals come together and they what we call self-assemble. You get the protein self-assembling around the RNA and then you get this lipid coat, like a greasy film of molecules around it. Now, that turns out to be the weakest link in the structure. So once, if you have the virus on your hands, it sticks to the hand a bit because it's greasy. But if you have soapy water, the soap molecules, they actually interact with and disrupt this greasy lipid bilayer around the virus. And they start to tear it apart. And when they do that, some of the proteins are anchored into the membrane will fall off. The connections, the weak, what we call non-covalent interactions between the proteins and the virus shell start to come apart. And the whole virus just basically falls apart like a house of cards and becomes inactive. So, Pally, it sounds to me like what you're saying is that the substances that make up the soap basically interact with this virus kind of package and make it fall apart. And once it's fallen apart that virus can no longer infect your cells. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. The soap molecules, they are very similar to the molecules that make up this greasy layer around the virus. And that's actually the key. That's why they interact so strongly and they disrupt that membrane. Once they've done that, the virus starts to fall apart. And there's no way it can self-assemble back into an active particle 
viruses can always self-assemble together inside our own cells. It's actually quite unique conditions there. And once you tear it apart in soapy water, the bits and pieces that made up the virus will just float away and you don't have to worry about it again. It's completely gone. So when we're talking about the soap here that people might be using, is this any bar of soap, anything I've got knocking around in the bathroom, or does it have to be a particular kind? Pretty much every soap should do. Now, I will emphasize that this hasn't actually been studied scientifically in great details, but given that um, soap molecules are so similar to the lipids, and soap is designed to dissolve grease and dirt, and grease and dirt is made out of to a large degree, same sort of fats and proteins that viruses. Soap that has been designed to dissolve that will dissolve the viruses. And it doesn't even matter whether it's what we call synthetic soap, the soap molecules in those, or what some people call organic soap, the chemicals in those soaps, they will all do the job, even though it's slightly different. There's no reason to think they will be very different in terms of interacting with the lipid membrane when we're washing the virus away. And what about the temperature of the water? Does it matter if you're using hot water or cold water? Should people go for the hottest water they can handle? What's the advice on that? Well, that's a good question because from a sort of chemical intuition point of view, you might think hotter water might be better. But uh, I've seen several uh, people who are experts on infection control argue that studies indicate it doesn't actually matter. And I think that comes to a different point, which is just like your question previously, what kind of soap? It's really not about how, can we say, active the soap is or how hot the water is. It is how you apply it on your hands. If you apply it well on your hands, and this is the 20-second advice, you will not miss a spot. If you miss a spot, it does not matter how good your soap is, whatever good means, or how hot your water is, you miss the spot. And the virus might still hide away there. That's the key. Don't worry about the type of soap, don't worry about the temperature, and spend the time washing your hands. That's what you should be focusing on. And just to reiterate, I think the advice at the moment is that we should be singing uh, Happy Birthday twice when we're washing our hands. Or Do you have an alternative song that you prefer? Uh, I, I really need to start to find a song. I would not do Happy Birthday. I'll find something from Rage Against the Machine or whatever. Um, and uh, But yeah, just make it long enough. <laughs> So I wanted to go back to something you just said, which is that there hasn't been an awful lot of research in how cleaning products basically deactivate these viruses. Why why do you think that is? And uh, what do you think needs to happen? Well, infection control in general has been relatively neglected. And we are paying the price for that really big time now. We thankfully did have some studies, especially focusing on influenza, that did show that hand wash with soap is efficient in getting rid of uh, influenza viruses. And influenza viruses are very similar in terms of vulnerability to soap and alcohol. But we haven't studied these things in details. You know, does it really matter? I, again, I don't think it should matter which kind of soap, what kind of soap you use or temperature, but these things haven't been studied and simply because the scientific and medical research communities have neglected to a large degree infectious diseases, including viruses, And uh, we are paying the price for that today, unfortunately. Let's move on to the question of hand sanitizers. So we've been told that if you can't wash your hands with soap and water, using a hand sanitizer will also help in the fight against the coronavirus. Hand sanitizer works slightly differently. Can you explain how that helps to deactivate the coronavirus? Yes. 
What happens with alcohol and proteins in particular is that the very nature of the interaction and hold the protein structure together and hold them in the right fold changes when you change from water to alcohol. So those interactions all become weak and much weaker. And essentially the proteins on the surface of the virus and probably the lipid bile itself just crumbles down. And that's how alcohol-based proteins probably mainly deactivate viruses. And they are very, very effective. As long as you have the right concentration, it needs to be more than 60-70%. And again, the only downside is you need to make sure you don't miss any spots on your hand. And lastly, keeping our hands clean is one thing, but something a lot of our listeners have been contacting us about is objects. Listeners Simon and Mark, for example, asked about things in a supermarket. And another listener, Rob, was wondering whether he could become infected with the coronavirus through handling his Daily Guardian newspaper. What's your advice here? With treatments of surfaces, the general advice for hard surfaces like steel and so on is any kind of antibacterial cleaning products that, for instance, contain bleach or uh, chlorine or argon peroxide will do the job. If you can't use them or can't find them, in this particular case, soap probably should do or some sort of detergents as long as you wrap it well in. Now, I don't know about newspapers. Uh, <laughs> You don't want to clean that with soap or bleach, but I think it's a little bit unlikely that the virus would hang around long on uh, uh, those sort of surfaces. And uh, one thing about objects that uh, sit outside and whatnot, they are probably safer in general. Uh, the virus is not thought to uh, survive long in uh, sunlight, possibly even less than an hour. So if the newspaper was in a newspaper stand or was lying out uh, on the pavement, it should be fine. But if it comes with a plastic coating, uh, you should wash your hands before, rip it off and wash your hands again. That's probably the best advice I could give. Pally, thanks so much for joining us. It's been great having you on the show. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thanks to Professor Paul Thordeson for joining me this week. We would love to keep hearing from you. So please continue to send your questions via the form at theguardian.com forward slash COVID-19 questions. That's all one word. And if you're worried about symptoms you might have or want to find out more about the outbreak, please head over to 111.nhs.uk. Look after yourselves and we'll see you soon. For more great podcasts from The Guardian, just go to theguardian.com slash podcasts.